Hi there, and welcome to the Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion, where our main aim is education through a conversation. Through our conversations, delve deep into all things related to the tradesperson contracting community, from news to education to industry happenings, helping you do better business while building a better and improved South African tradesmen and women contracting community. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. Now, it may be that you've recently received your training or achieved your qualification for your specific trade, but how well are you prepared for the workplace? Are employers responsible for ensuring that their new employees are prepared for the workplace? Or is it a shared responsibility? Can we actually be prepared for the workplace? My name is Willem Klopper, I'm your host, and in this episode, I have a conversation with Sherry Donaldson of Harambe Youth Employment Acceleration to find out more about this organization and the important role that it plays in not only preparing youth for the workplace, but also assisting both job seekers and employers to connect with each other. Sherry, a warm welcome to you, and thanks, Stack, for joining me. It's always a pleasure. Nice to be here. Thank you. Just before we give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves, have a listen to this. We'd like to remind our audience that this episode is proudly brought to you by Articulated Plumber. Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. Listen, we're going to have an awesome, interesting conversation. But before we get into all of the details about Harambi itself and what it is, who it is and what it does, let's talk about you. Please just give an introduction to our audience, please. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I'm Sherry, like the drink, Sherry, so you'll never forget that. Um, I got involved in the recruitment industry quite a long time ago, and I really got hooked into recruitment because it fits this life motto of mine, which is about it only takes one person to make a difference. And how do we make a difference in people's lives? We help them get jobs or we give them skills so they can get a job or we give them better skills so they can get better jobs. So like. The company that I was working for, I started in recruitment, then I moved into like a more generalist role, um, but they had both recruitment and training and also included technical training. So a lot of artisan type of skills in that space as well. And I really, really got hooked in. And there's a great quote from the World Skills France team who has a quote, their motto is where there's a skill, there's a way. Mm. And that kind of really also connects with me and links to that, that thing of that passion and that motto. So I got passionate about skills and I got really, really involved in skills in about 2015. And I was involved in that technical skills training company. I left that company in 2017. I was part of a retrenchment process and started my own thing. And then in about 2019, I got introduced into Harambi and I started program managing a funded program for them, which was in the plumbing skill space. Sherry, but just before we started the, the recording and we had a conversation, you mentioned something that your father used to be in the skilled trades himself. He used to be a boilermaker, if I'm not mistaken. My grandfather. Your grandfather. Yeah, so he was a boilermaker and, and I have this passion. I, I talk about welding and I get all excited. It's really quite <laughs> sad. 
It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on the right podcast because this is aimed at all the skilled trades people out there, whether they're plumbers, whether they're boilermakers, whatever artisans and skilled trades they have. Very essential and very needed. Absolutely. Sherry, what is your current role at Harambe? So my official title is sector engagement lead, I think, mm -hmm. for water and plumbing sector. And I'm part of what's called the ecosystem facilitation team. And really that team is looking for areas of the economy or sectors of the economy where there is both potential for growth, but employment growth being key. But within that employment growth is the potential for inclusive employment growth because it doesn't help if your industry is growing, but you're not employing people. We really need that in South Africa. Mm. But two, with the scale of our youth unemployment problems, we really need inclusive employment growth as well. Mm. So that's the sector. And when we use the term in inclusive, I mean, that that doesn't just include genders. That, that stretches further than just gender, male or female, or people with the disabilities or those those kind of things that we immediately think of when we when we consider the word inclusive it, it stretches beyond that the fact is that we, we're looking at, at people who, who struggle to to get out there and get to an interview because of you know traveling and those kind of things is that what you mean by inclusive it's definitely part of it i think it's much bigger than that though if you look at the barriers to employment first of all if you look at job adverts um, my favorite example is um, drivers for companies for mm. corporates if you look at those adverts, 99% of them will require a metric. Mm. Why do I need a metric to be a driver? I need a driver's license. I need a clear record. Why do I need a metric? Mm. It's just one more barrier. So okay. Harambi over its um, 11, 11 years now has advocated for what they call inclusive employment. So to remove those kind of barriers and to give young people who come from um, the very low quintile schools the same kind of opportunities that kids coming from fancier schools would have. Traditionally, those kids or those young people don't have the same networks that can help them find jobs. I think a lot of us get our first jobs by like an introduction to somebody. But if I don't have that network, how do I get that first job? Yeah. And every job, they always ask for experience. So how do I get the experience if I can't get the experience? <laughs> yeah. I felt the same way when I entered the workforce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think most of us got into the workplace like that. You know, mm -hmm. we got some kind of referral, some kind of link, someone, someone we knew knew someone who knew about an opportunity. Somewhere. Yeah, and that's how we got in. So we need to create those same opportunities for other young people. And I think this is also part of what Harambe does. Absolutely, and its focus. Yes. So let's talk about Harambe. What exactly is Harambe? So we aim to help young people get to those opportunities, to find out about those opportunities, to kind of create that I'm the person who tells you, like I know someone kind of situation, um, and to create that and help young people get into that first opportunity. And then once they've been given that first opportunity, it's a lot up to them. But we've over time have helped them with the skills to do that. So we started originally what was called a bridge. It was a bridge between unemployment and employment. Mm -hmm. And that kind of morphed into a more formalized ready to work or close the gap program, which we still run, but we've pivoted how we run that. But really those programs prepare young people for that world of work. Uh -huh. So for example, to be on time, mm. um, because we know that's, that stuff is important to corporates and to hiring managers. If you turn up for an interview late, 
your chance of getting that job are tough, are mm. much smaller, even though there may be a really good reason why you're late. Yeah. Um, so things like that. So timeliness, teamwork, um, attitudes, a lot of the behaviors that make people successful in the workplace. And that's really how we helped quite a lot of people, like hundreds of thousands of young people, get their first opportunity. Mm. But it was very focused. So as over time, I think that first bridge program was, I think I've heard, I'm not, I wasn't around then, um, about a six week program. And then the programs kind of morphed and they were very specific to the specific employer. So, um, for example, if you were doing a ready to work program for Nando's, you would be on your feet for mm. the duration of your shift. Because if you're not used to standing all day, mm -hmm. it's really, really hard and it's really, really tiring. So they would do the ready to work or the close the gap program with those young people on their feet. So they could be used to the environment that they were specifically going into. We've also moved though, because we know that creating jobs in our situation, in South Africa's situation, the number of jobs is limited. So we've also moved to how can we support young people in different ways? Um, and a lot of the kind of emerging work, and we haven't quite got it all figured out yet, but a lot of the emerging work is around how to support young people with their hustles. So either something that they do while they're in a job or something they do when they're in between jobs, but to help them through what we call the zigzag. So they'll get an opportunity, they'll be out of work for a while, they'll get another opportunity, and to help them contribute towards their, their lives um, and learn stuff along the way while mm. they're doing that hustle as well. That's why it's called development. Exactly. Just before we continue the conversation, have a listen to this. This year, various role players in the plumbing industry will gather once more for an ultimate boxing showdown. And it's all in the name of charity. Yes, the plumbing industry is gearing up for this year's Champions for Charity boxing match. This white-collar boxing event will ultimately see various average Joes step into the ring and give boxing a bash. If you want to find out more about sponsorships or want to get involved, please email c4c at prrb.co.za for more. Welcome to the Plumbing Industry Registration Board. How can I help you? Hi, I'm here to log in my COCs, but I seem to be having an issue with my computer. No problem. But did you know that you can log your COCs using an app on your cell phone? Oh, what app is that? It's called the App Plumber. Do you have a smartphone with you? Yes, I do. Oh, well, let me show you how it works. Not only can you access your PRB profile on the App Plumber, but you can also earn CPD points while exploring the plumbing industry in the palm of your hand. Download the app from Google Play Store and join thousands of other happy users. Again, specific careers, like you said, Nando's, serving people, standing on your feet the whole day. The same can go for the banking industry. I think also to understand the cultures of those companies. So mm. I, a couple of years ago, um, was doing some work with Huawei. And I was like, I was there at lunch, over lunchtime, and they had all these employees, like, having a snooze. You know, they were, had their heads on the desk, or they were lying back in their chair, and they were literally fast asleep. But it was that culture of, apparently, I found out afterwards, a lot of the Chinese company, because you work such so much longer hours, that it's like encouraged that you have a nap. So, and they have a slightly longer lunch break, but you have a nap so that you can be refreshed for the second half of the afternoon. But in like traditional South African businesses, <laughs> Can you I, had, imagine? I had a staff member who fell asleep <laughs> over lunchtime and I was like, really wasn't very impressed with him. You know, so it's to understand that culture and understand what's happening. 
<laughs> well, if you look at you're talking about company culture, but think about what Google does at their offices and, and, you know, the kind of work environment that they have. And that's completely different to, again, it's their company culture. It's what they encourage. They encourage people to go and sit on, on bean bags and, and, and have a cup of coffee or a cold drink and eat popcorn and come up with ideas or have meetings in that kind of way. Exactly. When that format for that matter. Exactly. And it's a completely new way. You know, things have changed. You know, what work used to be. Uh, when my parents worked, there were certain occupations and certain career choices that, that were on the table. And that's what you thought of as work. But how that have changed over the, that's changed tremendously over the past 25, 27 years. There are careers now that never existed back then. Um, and each one of those has its own, yes, code of conduct is one thing, but like you say, company culture and the way the type of work environment, and again, what youth can expect. And like you said, you know, there are youth that, that are being exposed to certain factors of, or aspects of life and being taught certain things. But then again, there are part of our society that are not taught certain things. And that's why it's so interesting for me to hear again uh, about organizations such as Harambe and what it does. But let's get to the people, the actual delegates. How are they prepared? You did mention that if they are going to be working in Nando's, standing and serving people on their feet for eight hours a day or longer, then their training or the programs that they go through will be done in that sort of format to prepare them for that. But how are they prepared? What what do the programs entail? So different programs, as I said, have have different elements. But because of um, our need as Harambi to scale the work that we do, so if we helped, let's say it was five hundred thousand young people through the bridging programs. If you think of the scale of unemployment in South Africa. Whilst that's a fantastic number, it's nowhere near what it needs to be. So accelerated because of COVID, our plans changed to enable others to do those programs for us. And we've been experimenting with different ways of implementing. So kind of full um, facilitated programs, face-to-face facilitation, Mm -hmm. completely online, a hybrid methodology of kind of a facilitator taking people through online modules. Um, our standard programs have five modules, but it would include things like um, English for business. Mm-hmm. It would include things like problem solving um, and other kind of behavioral competencies as some examples. And those programs, what seems – the programs I've been involved in, what seems to be really working is that kind of hybrid facilitated model. But what's, there's been a lot of lessons in that model as well. It's like you have, can't assume that everyone has a smartphone or a smart mm. device. You have to make sure that young people have access to data or mm. access to Wi-Fi because it is online, so they need to be able to do that. So how can you facilitate those kind of programs and make sure that you're not just creating more barriers and creating the same problem that you're actually trying to solve for? It's pretty key. So in-person training, face-to-face training, and, and also through, you know, the digital platforms, um, online training. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome because, you know, it, it is a struggle for people to actually get to a, let's say, a facility like a classroom 
are some of these programs that they can do at their own pace and time? If it's fully online, yeah. Mm -hmm. But we also know that with in the world of online training that people don't complete programs that are fully online. <laughs> so I think that's why that hybrid facilitated uh -huh. model actually really does work. Um, and then it's also someone checking, people respect what you inspect. So it's someone checking up on you. It's someone making sure mm. that you've done the work. What's really important because we're a not-for-profit organization that's funded, what's really important is how do you measure the improvement in those young people? Mm. So where did they start off? How do they finish up? And that kind of facilitation also helps with that completion of the program and that measurement of the program. Talking about programs, I want to talk about um, the Presidential Youth Employment Initiative. And I want to ask whether Harambe has any sort of involvement in that or connection to it. Because in the full name of Harambe as an organization, it also adds the phrase uh, Youth Employment Acceleration. Absolutely. So Harambe's really involved. So we have our own platforms, um, which we've been building over our 11 years. Um, and that has kind of morphed into what or become what is now known as SAYouth.mobi. Um, and that's a data free and free to use platform. It's data, it's zero rated across all of the networks for young people to find access to opportunity and to find access to material that can help them with stuff like their hustle, help them prepare CVs, um, help them prepare for interviews, and that's available to on, to young people. So they have to register, and they can provide their information on that platform, and they can build their information as they go along. The presidential youth employment, as announced by the president in Sonar a couple of years ago, um, is really about creating this partnership that enables or facilitates opportunities for young people. And Harambe have developed what's known as the partner network. And that partner network is really the place that will aggregate opportunities. So we're not trying to replace what traditional recruitment roles. We're not trying to become a recruitment company mm. ourselves, um, but we will aggregate opportunities. So let's say PRB has an opportunity and they're looking to employ someone. They could put that opportunity or that job in this case on that platform. Mm. And then they could source from people that have registered on SA Youth. Um, so it kind of brings those two parties together. Presidential Youth Employment Initiative is also a much bigger partnership. It's people like the presidency, people like the National Youth Development Agency, yes, the Youth Employment Services. You know, there's a whole bunch of yeah. other people also engaged in that partnership. But then they will all be collaborating in this partner network and facilitating SA Youth as we go as well. I wanted to ask you, Sherry. So when it comes to Harambe and putting the two ends together, uh, those who have to, you know, get through those barriers in, in finding employment and those who have, you know, vacancies available, you can prepare youth and young people for the work environment and sort of prepare them on what to expect when they enter the workforce. But what sort of people do you get through your programs are they people who went through college, varsity? Are they school leavers? Are they sometimes people who have, have not even finished matric? Who's sort of the, the base of young people that you work with? I think it's a combination. But if you think of the youth, unemployed youth in South Africa, the biggest numbers sit in young people who haven't finished school. Hmm. Um, so that's really a huge contributor to our numbers. 
But at the same time, then we range from them to people who've completed artisan qualifications, who've done trade tests as examples. Mm-hmm. We've got um, people who've completed TVET qualifications, people who've completed full, as I said, up to trade tests. There'll be some unemployed graduates, you know, so there is a mixture. Mm-hmm. But the biggest chunk or the biggest numbers, I would imagine, would sit in people who haven't actually finished matric because that's where our biggest youth unemployment yeah. numbers sit. Yeah. And it's actually the fact that so many career opportunities out there demands a, a matric qualification or certificate. Mm. But I think often it's not just the matric, it's kind of the focus on the matric, if that makes sense. Mm. So a lot of the work Harambi's been engaged with over time is what are those proxies? Like, so for example, if you need matric maths, what else could you do to measure that ability, that mathematical ability? in the same way that if you were looking at a matrix mass mark. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been the work, a lot of the work a lot of the Harambi team have been engaged with over time. Harambi's role, does that include in ensuring that when it comes to a vacancy that's available and that vacancy requires a specific qualification, like a skilled trade, like, for instance, a plumber, mm-hmm. just as an example, is Harambi's role to ensure that the person that they help to prepare for the work environment and that they put into connection and break down those barriers to find employment, is it their role to sort of check that the person has the correct qualification before connecting them with an employer? Or does that role or that responsibility lie still with the employer? As I mentioned, it's very, very important that we're not replacing the traditional role of the recruitment function. So we're can making those connections. We're aggregating the opportunities mm-hmm. for learnerships, jobs, employment. We're creating the place where young people can find those opportunities, but we're not replacing that traditional mm-hmm. recruitment role. So if, let's use PRB again, if PRB needs someone who is a qualified trade tested plumber, and who has some kind of specialization and also they need for some reason a clear credit record and they Mm -hmm. can justify why they need that, PROB would be responsible for Mm -hmm. doing those checks. So in the platform, you can ask, "Are you? do you have your trade test and do you have all these specific qualifications? The young person or the person replying would then say, yes, I have them. But it would be up to, and you can ask them to upload stuff mm. as well, but it would be up to PRB to actually check mm. those things. What was interesting was the fact that you mentioned that it's a data-free and a free-of-charge platform. And this means both for the employment seeker as well as those who have vacancies available or positions available. How does that work? I mean, are you collaborating with the network providers, the data service providers and saying, look, if you have this kind of, let's call it a SIM card in your device, then your network would recognize the fact that that's zero rating across all the networks. So a lot of platforms, the mobile network companies have to give data free solutions, especially in a lot of the education kind of apps and stuff that they Mm. do. But it's quite rare that one solution is actually rated zero across all sites. So MTN might support, I don't know, PRB's program, while uh-huh. Rotacom might support IOPS's program, okay. as an example. So it's quite rare that one is across all of us. It's a lot of hoops to jump through. <laughs> um, we got that right, I think, during the first like year of lockdown, we actually got that right. And it's been quite a gig. It's quite a game changer for us. But then we're also very clear. So if the young person is then kind of going out of our, our site, 
into something else that you have to be very clear that they're now going off that data-free solution as well. And then again, data-free, that's, that's a one concept. But now again, we come to the, the other phrase that you use free is free-to-use, free-of-charge, and both for the employment seeker and again, the, the person who has vacancies available. Exactly, yeah. So I think, I mean, one of the big barriers to young people getting employed are employment scams. Mm. And I mean, we see them all the time, and it's one of the like really horrid things that happens is people will be charged a fee for trying to apply for a mm. job. Um, so we're very clear that it is free for the young person mm. to register, free for the young person to apply for any jobs that they apply for or any opportunities that they apply for. But at the same time, we also provide this free service via the partner network for the person with the job or the learning opportunity or whatever. Let's use jobs in this case for the person with the job. So again, in our PRB example, PRB would load that position onto the partner network and they could recruit via the partner network. The only thing that we ask for is feedback on the hiring decision. Mm. And that's what enables us. It's part of our funding solutions and how we get our money. So if we have those less, we can carry on learning. We can see why people get employed. So if we can get that feedback. As long as that happens, the platform will remain free. It's about the value of the data, that information. And to why say, people are making the decisions they're making. Exactly. We are putting in this effort to, to you know, connect and, and break down the barriers. And now we want to see what is behind it. Exactly. Yeah. So we have something in, which is actually built into the system, which we call a recommendation engine. So that recommendation engine will look at stuff like um, – how close the young person is to the job because we know that if uh, if someone has to travel too far it's just too expensive for them to get to that job so in our recommendation engine will be things like that the quintile school that the per person went to where they live as opposed to where the job is and those kind of things so the better information we get the more we can build out mm. that recommendation engine and improve it that doesn't mean though as the company with the job that you have to use those recommendations. You have what's called custom questions. You can ask your own questions and you can select from those questions as well. Sherry, we spoke about the different networks that, that you collaborate with and that's also putting in and giving back. But who else does Harambe collaborate with? Does it collaborate with different industry bodies like the PRB? We mentioned the PRB. Um, we, we can even mention IOPSA, but any who else? does Harambe collaborate with? So there are, I mean, a whole model is built around partnerships and really to achieve that scale, we have to be collaborating with partners. So partners are kind of split into kind of key focus areas. So government would obviously be a big partner. And if you think of the opportunities that get created within government, so you've got governments at all three levels, national, provincial, local, you've got community organizations, people like Africa Tukun, as an example, that are doing such fantastic work in their communities. And we collaborate a lot with a whole number of those kind of places or those kind of organizations. We also collaborate with industry bodies. And really, our sector focus has been built out of a really fantastic success story in global businesses, business services sector like kind of previously the call center guys, but really how they've also been morphing. But that success of that partnership and how we've leveraged or how we're now trying to leverage that engagement into other sectors 
has led to our partnership within the plumbing sector. Um, so hence my role. But we're also working on partnerships within the auto sector. If you think of things like the automotive master plan for 2035, I think it mm-hmm. is, there is a huge employment target built into that master plan. How can we make some of that target inclusive? And how can we work with those industry bodies? So we're working with uh, NAMSA, the Association of Automotive Manufacturers, with NARCAM, the components manufacturing people, uh, AIDC, and a whole bunch of other guys yeah. in there. But in the water, plumbing water space with our OPSA and PRB yeah. as well. It's so awesome because the fact is that there exists such a huge misperception about plumbing and plumbers and plumbing as a career. Yet we sit with you know, one of the highest unemployment rates in South Africa's history. And plumbing is always thought of as sort of this last option or not even an option at all. And again, don't do well at school, go be an artisan. (laughs) Exactly. And the fact is, we go back to what we said at the beginning of our conversation is that civilization cannot exist without this essential service, plumbing. Exactly, we, yeah. I mean, where would your waste go? People don't think of it that way. No, no. But again, also the complexity of plumbing. You you do get different levels within plumbing as a, as a, as a career. You know, you get your, your assistants, your learners, and then you get your qualified plumbers, your licensed and registered plumbers who do the more intricate and more complex work, the, the math that go into it. Yeah. And the average consumer out there has no idea how complex plumbing really is. And the fact is that there exists such a huge gap between, uh, let's, for lack of better terms, the baby boomers, those who are ready to retire now and exit the plumbing industry, those who carry the skills and the knowledge with them, and those who are now have to replace them and bringing the new generation. There exists such a huge gap and there's such a shortage of new skilled people coming into because people don't really consider plumbing as as a career. And yet we have to have plumbers and the more the merrier. (laughs) I think, I mean, career guidance is such a big thing Mm. that we have to work on the parents. Mm. If you ask your own circle of friends, how many of them would want their kids to become plumbers? I guarantee you not one of them will say yes. And kids do, young people do. They're going to careers that their parents really kind of push them into. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, one of our big challenges Mm -hmm. in the artisan space. We also need to hero those young people that make these choices Mm -hmm. as well and kind of make a much, much more fuss about them, really hero them, showcase them, tell their stories. And I think that's there's some really exciting work being done in mm-hmm. that space across some of the partner networks. But I think there's so much more to do still as well. But we've got to fix the parents. <laughs> we have to. We have to change that misperception. So, all right. We, we did say the fact is that we're facing our highest unemployment rate that South Africa has ever faced in its history. Yeah. Now, with initiatives like those of Harambe and the Presidential Youth Employment Initiative and and initiatives taken by industry bodies like the plumbing industries, like the PIRB, like IOPSA, do you think that there's hope to reduce that number and really make an impact? Yeah, I definitely think so. 
I mean, if we look at the global business services um, sector and the work that we've done there against quite ambitious targets, I think the target is for 100,000 new jobs in South Africa. We so far have created 67,000 jobs hmm. in that sector, of which, and this is even better for me, 67% are female and 90% are young oh, wow. people. So I think there's definitely opportunities. It's about how we kind of create those connections and those those linkages and put it all together. The Presidential Youth Employment Initiative has a lot of different programs, things like young people volunteering, for example. How can they make a difference in their communities? And that will be part of the Presidential Youth Intervention. Oh, wow. Then there's also work opportunities that have been created within that program as well. So the teaching assistants that were employed by Department of Basic Education over the last two years have created opportunities for about 300,000 young people to get their first step into that world of work. Definitely, I think there's that. And then in the plumbing sector, I mean, we talk about 100,000 approximately, nobody knows for sure, but 100,000 unqualified plumbers. If we can create that space where we leverage mm. the existing laws, enforce the compliance much more, mm. that creates a pull through. So that creates the demand. But at the same time, if we leverage programs like NBI's Plumbing Hand, Blue Lever's New Apprenticeship mm. Program, the work that government is doing in, in artisan development, world skills, centers mm. of specialization, all of those kind of things, that creates the supply, and then we can link the supply and the demand, but we can create those opportunities. Mm. And I mean, one of the things, the programs that we're involved in, especially with new young people coming in, we've got a 50% female target. Mm. So there's a lot of work on that gender inclusion aspect. And our providers, it's not always easy. Credit to them, though, they're making that happen and they're making those changes. Um, so I think there's such amazing stuff that we can do. Mm. And if we can do this in all of those employment sectors or possible employment sectors, all of those sectors that have master plans, and if you think just... There's the steel master plan, there's the water master plan, there's renewable energy master plan, and there's all these new master plans coming into play that will have employment linkages. So I definitely think we can make a difference. Mm. And then at the same time, educate the parents and the young people <laughs> about the opportunities in technical <laughs> skill spaces as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do know about organizations that are involved in, and also the PRB with their schools project where they're approaching the schools at school level, also introducing plumbing there, already preparing people for, for that kind of career opportunity and even letting them think of it as a career choice. I love that program because if we can get it right and the young people come out of school with both the matric and some kind of plumbing qualification with that dual certificate as um, plan that PRB has in place. If we can get that right, then they shortcut some of the apprenticeship program. They get into employment opportunities much faster, mm. but they're more valuable already to oh, their employer. Absolutely. Because they've already got that skill. Um, and I think it's the most, it really is a very exciting program. I look forward to working with PRB on that one. But you said valuable to the employer, but uh, Sherry, valuable to the economy, to society here in South Africa. Yes. I mean, not only to the employer, but they add value to society here. I think also, I mean, one of the really cool things for me about the trade spaces is the fact that you can be your own boss. You can be employed forever mm. um, or self-employed forever. You don't have to rely on adding value to an employer. And I think that's one of the really exciting things for me in this space is that 
if you think of the work Harambi's doing about the hustle, about micro-entrepreneurship, people like NYDA are doing amazing space in the formal entrepreneurship space, CEDA, those kind of guys. But if we can create the space where it's really cool to be a plumber and I can get my training, I can add value, I get paid while I'm doing that work. I mean, that's there's some countries in the world that don't pay for stipends while people are doing mm-hmm. artisanship, uh, which always seems a bit weird for me. But if we can do that, and then once this person is qualified, they can start their own business, mm-hmm. they can employ someone new. And I just think it creates such an amazing ecosystem. And there's so much exciting stuff that we can do there. I want to ask you quickly, the sayouth.mobi, yep. when is that going to be live? It is already live. Ah. It was launched by the president last year, which was 2021. Oh On Youth Day 2021, <laughs> it was launched by the president, but it's actually been live for a little while. Um, so young people can go and register on, on the platform anytime. As plumbing businesses, if you own a plumbing business and you're getting inundated with CVs, please just please send those people to register <laughs> onto SAU.mobi. And interesting, it's Mobi. It's not an app. It's a website mm. because apps need data to update. Yes, yes. So that's why we've kept it a Mobi site. And then as a employer, if you're looking for people, we will actually be launching with our ops. So we're launching to their members on the 9th of May in one of their business 101 talks to showcase um, the partner network and how that works. But if you're a plumbing business owner and you need to find people, please consider the, the partner network and the SA Youth. Is there a path? What do they type in when they search for SAYouth.mobi? Young people just, it's SAYouth.mobi. And you'll find it. And then there's an option to, I think it's join now. To join is really, really simple. And then you can keep adding our big objective in this is to keep people engaged in that process. If you think of so many traditional recruitment databases, people log in, they join up, and then they never update. The, I don't know if you've ever used one of those platforms, mm. but people don't update their data. Mm. So how do you then create a space where people keep coming back and keep updating? Um, and that's a big part of the work that the Harambee team has done to keep those young people engaged. And hence that whole hustle support for a hustle and how I can do that better and what can I do and how I can generate ideas so that even if I'm not employed, I still keep coming back giving information. And if I load my details about my hustle, that might help me get another job um, or get another opportunity. So that's really important. And then the partner network, I think it's also via SA Youth. When you log in, it says, are you an individual? Are you a company? And then there's um, the partner network is also self-service, but there is support structures for both. Just quickly, uh, Sherry, how can people get hold of Harambe itself? Uh, Via our website, Facebook. (laughs) um, And it's interesting because we're very active on Facebook. And when I asked this question, I was told, no, but young people know that old people have the jobs and they're on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) I like Uh, that. (laughs) So, yeah, we're on Facebook. We're on all of the social media platforms. And then the the website, Harambi. Just before we say goodbye, have a listen to this. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Yeah, as all all good things do, Sherry, 
<laughs> we're running out of time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really, it's such an eye opener to hear about initiatives like this and about organizations such as Harambe and the work that they do and the kind of work, the kind of thing that they do. The average person on the street doesn't even think about that. We may have grown up with taking certain things for granted because we have been exposed to it, but then other people face challenges that some of us don't. And, um, it's awesome to hear what Harambi does. And I want to thank you again for having joined me for this conversation and sharing this information. So lastly, to our audience, thanks a stack to you. We will definitely chat to you again soon. Finally, it's time to switch off this engine. Cheerio. Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion. 